LaunchRGB brings you small business big dreams with Angel Melgosa. Hi, my name is Angel Melgosa. I'm a certified financial planner by trade and the founder of My Life Financial, a financial planning firm focused on helping residents of the Rio Grande Valley get their finances on track. One of my passions is to help small business owners filter through difficult financial decisions in their lives that may be keeping them up at night. So I thought, what better way to help small business owners meet RGV than to start a show that is dedicated to bringing forth the human side of business ownership by exploring their passions, motivations, and the implications that come with being an entrepreneur in the Valley. You're listening to Small Business, Big Dreams in the RGV. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Small Business, Big Dreams. I'm here with Josh Burge of Burge Media. Josh, hey, how are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Um, it's uh, it's been a hot day, so I'm a little sweaty, but I'm ready to get into this podcast. <laughs> I know. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, I actually came from your neck of the woods in Harlem. You know, it was about a hundred and something degrees, and uh, I sweated. A couple hundred feet walk from you know from the building to my car. Had to change shirts. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, me and a colleague of mine were out. We're out today. We were shooting some uh, some B-roll footage and. Uh, just like every day, you know, every day in Texas, you're always you're either sweating buckets or you're trying to get out of the heat so that your 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 sweat can dry up. So yeah, I know I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> so Josh, uh, I gave you a little bit of primer before we actually started recording this. Uh, part of small business big dreams is to really put focus on the business owner and uh, not show the work. Obviously, you can't show the work on audio, but really tell people, our listeners, about what your business is like your journey and how you got to where you're at. So uh, let's start off with the first question here. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself personally. Here we go. All right. With the, with the most important stuff. <laughs> well, so, um, yeah, no, uh, I, I myself have moved about 24 times. So I can't say that I'm originally from one place because I've moved so many times. I feel like I have a piece of myself in uh, maybe La Jolla, maybe Edinburgh, uh, not Edinburgh, but... Um, Harlingen, San Benito, and all that. Um, but originally, when I started my business, I was in high school, technically. Oh, wow, right? that's pretty so, young. Yeah, I was, I was really young. It started actually in church. And what had happened was, I uh, was going to this church, and they were very big on, on media. Maybe not social media, because at the time, I think the, the biggest name out there was maybe like MySpace. And even then, <laughs> my churches had no idea what the heck that was. I think you're dating yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, fast forward a couple of years uh, or a couple of months from when I started going to that church, they needed someone to, you know, do graphic design for them. And I had no idea what that was. And they were like, hey, you know, we'll throw you in there. So they threw me in. And so I started helping out with video production, graphic design in the church. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like this. I kind of like what I'm doing. And at that point, I realized, you know what? I would like to learn more about this and I maybe want to have a career in this, which made it very hard for me to go to school. I hated going to school because I already knew what I liked. <laughs> so. And so back when you first started, uh, there's a local university here. Did you attend uh, UTRGV or, or South Texas College for any classes? Actually, yes and no. So this is what happened. Um, right around the time that I did start uh, getting into I guess you could say the industry, but that I could really get into my skills uh, or my passion, which was graphic design, video production, marketing, and all that jazz. Um, you know, still very young, I thought everything revolved around, you know, like Photoshop, you know, Illustrator, 
Premiere Pro, stuff like that. Those are all tools that I use within the industry. Right. Um, I felt like uh, I couldn't learn that from school, right? So I went through high school um, really only spending a lot of my time inside the MediaTek courses that I had, and that's the only thing I liked. So around the time that came to me wanting to go to college, or not wanting to go to college, but time for me to go to college after I graduated, I really did not want to go. I felt like it was pulling teeth because I had been doing it for so long. Um, I felt like, well, what can they teach me? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, it, I mean, it was just, it, uh, it was just, uh, you know, a team being a team. Um, but I did decide, well, I didn't decide. They told me I had to go. So <laughs> You were yeah, told to go. Right? I was told to go. So I, I signed up for, for college courses at TCC in Harlingen. And I went to uh, the TCC program, uh, Digital Media Technology. And that's where I jumped into the courses where they taught you Photoshop, Illustrator, Premiere Pro, stuff like that. And um, I was a really bad student. <laughs> I was a bad student because I would go to class. Right, I would go to class and I would finish my projects in like 10 minutes, right? Because I'd been doing it for so long, you know, because there was a huge gap between when I started to when I actually went to college. And um, so I finished, I felt like I wasn't learning anything. Uh, there was there was one funny story um, that, that I don't have to get into right now, but let's just say uh, an instructor got upset um, with me for helping another student in his class. And he told me to teach and thinking that I was gonna back down, I didn't, and I ended up teaching this class. <laughs> and, and no one likes a smart ass. Yeah, no one likes a smart ass. And I think at the time, I, I should have been smart enough to know that, but I didn't. Um, I, uh, I stuck to my guns, taught the class, and from that point on, uh, he, he picked me out of each class and, and made an example of me. So um, every class I went to with him, it was horrible. But um, luckily, I, uh, I, I went through half of that um half of that program and i realized to myself i was like you know what i'm not really learning what i want to learn because i wasn't learning anything new so i decided i'm going to go into something different something that you know taxpayer money is going to pay for so that i learn i'm not just wasting money so i went into networking security uh but i'm not doing that now either <laughs> i have experience in it but i'm not doing that now either so. jack of all trades i think that's what entrepreneurship is about when you first start is being a jack of all trades, you wear so many hats, uh, especially if it's something that you that you're into or related to the industry that you're trying to study. And I have to say, you know, not everybody goes into college knowing what they want to do, like you did. Yeah, no, it was it was a very um, it was a very enlightening experience because uh, what I did have was I had a lot of colleagues and friends that were in the same courses that I that I was in you know, originally in the digital media program. And I would look at them and, and you know, I, I guess I was very pessimistic because I would, I would look at these students and I'd be like, man, they have no idea what it's like. Because right. I had already had experience working with clients and especially, you know, uh, if, you, if you think about it in the sense of a graphic designer, our lives are filled with multiple file types of, you know, revision one, revision two, revision three, and they didn't like this one, they didn't like that one. So I was looking at all these students and they were doing these class projects and they were so happy and I was like, man, that's not, that's not what it's like. So, <laughs> so yeah, I went in knowing, knowing somewhat of the nitty gritty, but then at the same time knowing how much I did like it. So it kind of helped me make decisions later on. And, uh, you know, just using some of my instructors to give me some advice, you know, I would ask them like, hey, like, I feel like I'm not learning anything. What do I do? Some of them give me some really good advice about, 
you know, maybe go into something else or, you know, you don't really need a degree in this, but, you know, it helps. So I, I don't know. <laughs> so I have to ask, you knew what you, and going back to you knew what you wanted to do when you were so young, how did your parents take to you not going the traditional route of getting a four-year degree and becoming <laughs> uh, a successful doctor, lawyer, engineer, what have you? Oh, man. Um, okay, so this is, this is somewhat mixed. Uh, I think it's changed over time. Uh, originally, I wanted to go and have a four-year degree, right? So I got out of high school and I said, I want to go to Full Sail University in Florida, right? I was like, that's what I want to do. But that didn't happen. Went to TSUC. And then as time went on, I felt like I wasn't learning anything, dropped out of the course, out of the program, excuse me. And um, what happened after that was when they realized that I stopped going to school or they, they you know, I told, I, I really didn't do anything without letting my parents know, but when I told them like, hey, I'm not really learning, I need to take a break, let me just work. So I got a job at like a photo studio. That's how I got into photography, whole different story. Um, but, you know, within that time, my, my father's very big on school and my sister, it's the exact opposite of who I am. So she was like always on the Dean's list, straight A's, like 4.0 GPA. And then they look at me and I'm like this, you know, this bum kid who wants to work on Photoshop all the time, <laughs> working at a photo studio. And um, there, was, there, was some, uh, there was some pushback, but I think over time as, as uh, the months went on, they realized that, you know, because of my experience in like the photo studio, I was getting jobs outside. Uh, you know, I was, I was hustling. Especially because I, you know, I had I wanted to have a girlfriend. So if you want to have a girlfriend, you have to have money. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you have to have money to take them out. Girls cost money. Exactly. That should be the end of the podcast. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So they saw me hustling. So they knew that I wasn't gonna be a bum. But at the same time, they still were like, you should be going to school. Like, do something with your life. Uh, but uh, the good thing is in between that break where they were really kind of like, hey, what are you gonna do? Um, I met my soon-to-be wife and you know, she was also very big on going to school. And so, I don't know, there, uh, things went back and forth in, in the sense of like, I picked her brain, she picked my brain, I learned from her, she learned from me. So I learned, uh, I learned how school isn't valuable the way that people always say it is. Right. It's, it's, it's dependent on what you wanna do. Right, that's that's where school takes its value, and and it also counts on how you see it, right? Because I, you know, I personally haven't had anybody ask me, "Hey, do you have a degree?" You know, any of my clients, you know, actually, any of my clients say, "Hey, do you have a degree in what you do?" Uh, I've had some clients ask me, "Hey, man, so do you have a master's in this?" And I'm like, "No, I don't have a <laughs> master's in this," <laughs> and I don't want to tell them like I don't even have an associate's in this. Um, but you know, most of them are like I would have thought that you had a degree in this, so. Uh, you know, long story short, uh, it, it, there was some pushback, but uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't for too long because once my wife came in, then I did start going back to school. That's when I went for networking security. I was like, if I'm gonna learn something, if I'm gonna pay money to learn something, which uh, halfway through college I started paying my way through, uh, and I was paying it, you know, with the money I made for my side gigs, which was like weddings and quinceañeras and crap sure, like that. Sure, sure. Um, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna pay to learn something that I can't just learn online. And that's when I went to Network and Security, which is a really good program at TCC if anyone's out there. <laughs> it's a really good program. Well, so let's fast forward a little bit past the stage of, of, you know, your parents being a little upset that you're not taking the traditional route. Let's fast forward to 
uh, your soon-to-be wife. Now she is your wife, right? Yes, yes, she is my wife. How long have you been married for? Um, for we were together for like what five years, and now we're married for about two. We've been married for about two, and we've been living on our own for about two years. I mean, give or take a couple months, but it's about two years. And do you have any kids just yet? No, no. I, <laughs> I, I also think that's a very um, that's a very touchy subject in in the sense of finances because I have. I have one hundred percent assurance that we're not ready for kids, <laughs> emotionally or or financially. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, no kids right now. And, and so tell me, once you decided to do this, you know, you got married, and, and I'm guessing that she has a traditional uh, job. Yes, she does. She does nine to five. Uh, that's probably what she's working, if not some other variation of whatever nine to five is. Um, Tell us a little bit about the emotional stress, if any, of course, or, or what you guys have to um, agree on or disagree on uh, whenever you started Burge Media and decided to keep on freelancing. Yeah, that's a funny story. Um, and, and that's also very interesting. Uh, that's a good question because I think a lot of people don't understand what goes into uh, running your own business when it comes to finances and especially and how, that, and how those finances affect your relationship as a whole. So one of, the, one of the things that, that was pretty crazy was that before we got married, I was working at a t-shirt shop, right? Sure. And I wasn't making a lot. I was making maybe like $10 an hour and I was getting maybe like, I don't know, maybe like 20, 25 hours at the most. So I was like bringing in, you know, peanuts, right? Bare minimum, and, sure. Um, when we got married, I was like, okay, like I like, there's no way I could survive off this and there's no way that we're both gonna survive off this. So that's when I decided to take a risk, right? And this was right before we got married. So when we started discussing, you know, what was gonna happen once we got married, I was like, should I stay, should I go? Should I do something else? Um, I started job hunting, but at the same time, that didn't feel right. So uh, what happened was we got married in December of 2015. And uh, in January of 2016, I quit my job and started Virgin Media Group with no fallback plan, no savings, no anything. Talk about guts. Yeah, and, and that, that was right after we had just got the apartment, we were paying a certain amount for rent, and we had already budgeted, we needed a certain amount every month to survive. And I had taken like the biggest leap because I had no idea if it was gonna work or not. Like that was the scariest part because I maybe had one client, maybe one or two clients under my belt, you know, when I made that decision. And it was it was scary, and she was worried, but she 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 stood strong, and she was like, "Well, if that's what you feel like doing, do it." And I was like, "Oh crap!" But I know in the back of her head, she was like, "This guy's crazy." <laughs> yeah, I just married a crazy person. Yeah, and, and tell our listeners a little bit. I mean, as far as support, how much? I guess the importance of having spousal support if you are married. How important is that? I think it's very important um, because because again in uh, in this industry. Uh, or especially in, in, in the way I see business, I see business like your, your business should be your prime investment, right? It should be your first investment, investment always because that's what's gonna make you income later on, right? So uh, for the first year, I told my wife it was gonna be very rough because a lot of, if we did have profit, a lot of it was gonna go back into the business, right? And, and that was already crazy to say because you don't make profit your first, you know, your first or your second year, right? Um, especially in the industry that we are, 
that well at least that I'm in, um, you know, like people people usually have a second job when they do like what I do, and then they do right. this on the side. So uh, her support was tremendous because she she told me you know do whatever you need to do. Um, I think for her, uh, she didn't worry too much about me because she knew that. Um, I don't want to say I was a hustler, but she knew that I, I liked to work, and I, um, when I when I say I want something, I, I usually do my best to go get it. I, like, I don't want it to sound like, oh, when I want something, I get it. It's, right. like, it's more <laughs> of like, if I want something, I'm going to do my best to make that happen. And so one of the things that I told her was that I wanted to, I, I told her I wanted to be um, self-employed by 25. And we got married around... What, like when I was like 23 or so oh, that's pretty young yeah I was pretty young um, I we got married around 23 and, and, and I, I was self-employed by 23 so you know I think she saw that and she, she was assured by my um, I don't know if it's stubbornness or <laughs> if it's stubbornness or if it's uh, just like a, like a go-getter attitude and she was like you know what I don't have to worry about him like staying home and just like you know not doing anything like I right. he's gonna be out there doing stuff uh, and, and making money, uh, so she she was supportive. She, right. she said, "Yeah," and I think it's important. But at the same time, you have to give your spouse a reason to support you. Like you have to give her give her or him the reason to trust that they can support you. Because if you can't, you know, like someone's gonna say, "You never support me," but like you're sitting down on the couch and you know you're watching novellas all day. Like right. that just doesn't make any sense. You know, you gotta pay the bills. You know, the bills gotta get paid. So for our current business owners and future business owners, tell us a little bit about how you go about finding your clients. Okay, so um, that that's an interesting thing. Uh, I think right now we're in the area that we're in, in the Valley, we're always like, what, maybe like three to five years behind, I would say. I agree. Roughly, yeah, like three to five years behind. So things like social media and stuff like that, they're, they're barely catching up when they've already been like super popular in other places. But right now, one of the biggest things is word of mouth, right? Absolutely. It's, it's you know, I'm sure everywhere else it's really big, but at the same time down here, I would say it's one of the prime ways that people get clients. It's like through word of mouth, word of mouth or recommendations. Um, so I've been blessed enough to have a lot of uh, good word of mouth. You know, people, people see that, I, I do my best to take care of my clients. Um, you know, I, 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 deal, I deal with very specific things, so like websites, video production, stuff like that. And because they know that I've been doing it for so long, they see the experience and then they see the product and they're like, you know what, he does really good work. Um, and usually all these people kind of work in the same circles, right? So uh, what happens is if you do work for like a machine shop, right? Mm -hmm. They have friends that own machine shops and usually these people all run in the same financial circle. So they understand where my price is at, you know, they, they say, hey, you might want to check this guy out, you know what I mean? And, you know, vice versa. If there's someone out there who runs a home health care, you know, oh, he did my website, you know, they also know there are people that run in those circles and say, hey, you know, this is who I use, you can check him out. And um, that's kind of what's what's helped me the most is, is that word of mouth. And then I don't want to say, well, I guess it's, it's qualifying my clients. Did you qualify specific clients? knowing you know what type of work you can do for them mm -hmm. and at the end of the day what type of circles they run in because you know that will help you in the long run because eventually they'll have friends that need your help so you sort of beat me to my next question um it, 
Tell me a little bit about what the process looks like for you qualifying a client. I find you, Burj Media, but you do so many things, photography, video, websites. Uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about the qualifying process. <laughs> yeah, the qualifying process for me, I, okay, so I like to keep things practical, right? Um, and I was actually talking to a friend about this the other day. Uh, <clears throat> products, uh, mar- a lot of people feel like marketing is supposed to be like this way to to sell, you know, any product to anybody, right? Right. That's not true, though, if you think about it. You want to sell a product to the right client, right? Because not every product has the same value to to everyone else, right? Like, let's say I could look at a camera that's worth $2,000, and I value it at $2,000, if not more, when you could say, you know, I don't value that camera $2,000 because it's not a professional tool that I use. <laughs> that's right, right, that's right. So um, it's kind of the same thing with clients, right? I look at my clients and I say, all right, what type of value can I bring to them? Not only that, but what type of value can they bring to me? Um, and it was it was early on, even before I started Burge Media Group, I, I realized that uh, there's a lot of weekend warriors, you know, especially in the area that I'm in, in, in the region that I'm in, and um, it just comes from the culture where everyone is just very hardworking, and you know sometimes they don't care how they do it. You know, as long as it gets as done. As long as it gets done. Exactly. Right. As long as it gets done. And so I had to, I had to say, I need to separate myself from from that type of, you know, from that type of mentality, so that I can get the clients that I actually want, right? And the way that you do that is by pricing, and then also by qualifying your your, your clientele, right? So the way I qualify my clientele is. Uh, one of the main ways is by how many people you employ, right? How many people you employ, what type of product are you selling? Um, and then at the same time, you know, uh, you have to look at the establishment that they run, right? So I do my best to work for companies that have been around for, you know, at least, at the least like two to three years, right? Um, and you can kind of tell right away, you know, you can tell by apparel, you can tell by the way they carry themselves, you can tell by you know, how they, um, how they talk about their business. Uh, you can also tell by, you know, how they handle their, their employees and sure. stuff like that. And, you know, so, you know, the first thing that they see is usually the price, right? If people have a problem with the price, you know, I don't have a problem saying, okay, you can go find someone else. Because at this point in time, you know, uh, there's, there's way more people out there that will do it for way cheaper than I do it, but, you know, the quality is not there, right? I was gonna say, Price is, is an important uh, piece of whether they'll hire somebody or not uh, here in this region. Uh, and you touched on a, on a very good point. Uh, generally speaking, as a business owner, how do you price your product? It, it, it depends. So um, I, and, and this, this is why uh, I really enjoyed going to the networking security class, um, right? Because there was a lot of things that, that, were, that were taught uh, that were taught to me that that I didn't really think about originally, especially being in the digital design courses, right. um, because in digital design you're working on a specific skill set, right? And it's just you know developing your skills to to draw, to animate, and stuff like that. But in the networking security, uh, they talked about protocols. They talked about they talked about how you um, uh, maybe not qualify people, but how you uh, how you test. Yeah, let me get some water because I'm talking a lot. Um, but, um, 
but yeah, how you test and deploy things, right? So coming from that background, I, I thought about my services that way. I never wanted to, okay, well, like this is a set price and this is how it's going to be, right? I wanted to see uh, how I could test things. And then once I tested them and they were successful tests, I would deploy them as I would maybe like a server or something. Right. right. And that's the way I thought about it. And then come to realize that that's the way actual businesses do that. <laughs> you know, they <laughs> test things out and then they deploy them. But then at the same time, I also, uh, I, I also you know, really see uh, the value in, you know, when you first do, when you're first doing something for the first time, you have a very minimal price so that you can learn, you know, what goes into making that happen. And then afterwards, you can create a, a base baseline standard, right? So. Yeah, because you never really know whether you've been in business for 10 years, one year. Market always changes, and I always tell clients this, that whenever you're going into business, you never really know. You have to test out the market. What are you worth? What do you think you're worth? Exactly. Then let the market correct it whether the price of your product goes up or down, that really depends on the area that you're in. Yeah, and uh, let's say for an example, right? There was, there was this one example that I have about, um, I was working with another client and they were selling a product and on top of their product, they wanted to sell services that I provided, right? So that I would provide services um, like, as a, like they would be a proxy for me, right? And so uh, they said, give me a price, give me a price that you feel comfortable with and it was already a service that I didn't want to do because it was very tedious, but at the same time, like the payoff wasn't high. Um, and I knew that if I wanted to do that service, I would have to be losing money. So I was like, no, I can't do that. And they were like, well, what do you have to, what do people have to pay so that you're not losing money? And I was like, well, no one's going to pay it, you know, because they don't value it that much. And they were like, well, just give me the price. And I was like, all right. And then and I, I was able to use that as a, uh, as a test. You right. know, I was able to say, you know what, this is a test. I'm, I'm going to be able to see if the market will yield how much I want to get out of it. Sure. Right? And so I gave them the price. I gave them the packages uh, that we had just uh, agreed on. And they went they took it to the client. And the client never called me. You know, the <laughs> client never called me. And, and nothing ever happened after that. And because of that, I knew that my pricing was too high. Right. So, right, like I said, I try to be as very practical, right? Because I need to know, you know, what people value me at, you know, what's my product value. And if I'm over there asking for a thousand dollars for a logo design and no one's going to pay that, I'm never going to get any, not only am I never going to get any money, but I'm never going to get any better. That's right. And eventually I'll never be able to get all the fish that I want to get, you know? So, um, I do do my best to, to take as much as the market will yield without having my clients feel like they're being, you know, taken advantage of. So that's kind of how I price myself. Um, okay. You know, I, I don't I don't say that there's a specific science to it. Um, like I said, I think it's very practical. Like trial and error. Exactly. If I can get this much for it, you know, then I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. You know what I mean? If if I can't, well then I'll just lower my prices down. If I have to lower them too much, I just don't offer the service. <laughs> well, and so let's get to your goals here. I mean, you've been in business for 10 years. Um, well, technically two. Okay. <laughs> technically, technically, yeah, two. technically two. <laughs> technically two, but I have, I have been in the industry for like 10. So you've been in the industry for 10 years. You've opened up your business just two years, of course. Yeah. But um, what are the goals that you have for Burge Media? Okay. So there's, there's a lot there. And, um, I think with any business you have, you need to evolve, right? So 
I can't pinpoint a specific. Like I can't sit here and say I know exactly where Birch Media Group's gonna be in a couple of years from now. I can give it like a general idea. I I would like to have at least at the least um, a staff of ten people, right? A staff that that I can kind of delegate and work with. I don't you know I don't ever see myself not working in the sense. I don't ever see myself as just a delegator. Right. I feel like. I feel like even even if it's just once a month where I get down in the trenches, like I'd be happy. But um, I feel like I would like to have a marketing agency that you know kind of encompasses everything because I, I think to have a, a good um, grasp on what marketing is because a lot of people marketing a lot of people think marketing is oh well it's uh, you know signs billboards and you know social media advertising digital marketing stuff like that. I really don't think it's that. I think I think we're in the industry of like psychology. Really, absolutely. Uh, because you you have to know, like you have to know why people want things, and you have to be able to to intrigue people. If you can intrigue people, then you can sell something, right? So I feel like I would like Bird Media Group to be that. We would we would be the company that people like a smaller company that people go to, not just to make a poster, not just to make a simple video, but to you know to come and say, hey, we want to market this product. What exactly do we have to do? Not only that, but what what exactly does it take to sell this product to the right client, right? Because that's what you want to do. You want to sell it to the right client, and and so I see myself running a like a smaller team of like really talented individuals that that know that it's more than just you know a couple layers on Photoshop. That you know know uh, that that know that it's it's about control and not just like quantity. Sure. It's, and, and and now being that growth is on your mind, the uh, you know, I don't know if it's the immediate goal or if it's the goal you're tackling right now. But being that it's on your mind, how important would you say uh, it is to our listeners to kind of discuss that with your spouse and get their buy-in uh, on the growth part? Have you discussed that with your spouse? Yeah, no. I mean, honestly, I think I think she already knows. But um, I think the way we all see growth is we see it as uh, we see growth as. Uh, like as an increase in everything, right? Like if the, if your business is booming and you're hiring people, then money obviously has to be coming in, right? Not always the case, but um, at the same time, you know, I think my wife appreciates the idea of seeing seeing me in a leadership role because I I don't know. I think leaders aren't aren't the guys like sitting behind a desk like screaming at everyone or just walking around. I have an idea. I have an idea. Do this. I have an idea. Do this. I have an idea. Do that. But there are people that are standing with their colleagues, right? And saying, sure. Hey, you know, what do you think about this? You know, let's brainstorm. Let's actually come up with an idea that, you know, it's going to make a difference for this client, right? And so when she sees that, like, there's deeper thought into what I believe in as, like, being a leader and, and, and growing my business, she, she supports it. And she says, you know what? If this can be a bigger company, I would rather work for that than work for where I'm working. Right. And so we've had that conversation where she's she's all for growth because she would rather be working within a family-owned operation, especially if it's hers. So yeah, and and you know, going back to to you saying you've been in the industry for ten years, and you know, you've been a solopreneur for for two years. Uh, everybody that I've talked to that goes into business or wants to go in business uh, has a why. What would you say yours is? Has a why. Okay. See, this is this is these are the questions I like because um, I'm glad I, you like them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think they're good because 
at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, you have to ask yourself the same question is why, like, why am I doing this? What, what, what makes me get up in the morning and, and, you know, like rack my head over a design or deal with a client that wants so many changes or that wants too much text in a certain area. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, why do I do what I do? Why do I cause myself so much pain? Of course, of course. <laughs> right? I think um, we're on the same boat. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think every, every entrepreneur or business owner knows exactly what that's like. Um, for me, the why, it has to be because I like to create. And um, I, I, like, I like people, right? I like people's stories. And um, at the end of the day, I would like to tell people stories. I always told my wife that one of my biggest like dreams was to be like, uh, I wanted to be a Discovery Channel videographer, right? Because and everyone's like, <laughs> right yeah, like, like what the heck, right? Like no one, no one thinks about that. But think about this, right? Think about, think about Bear Grylls, right? You know, uh, crazy example. But think about Bear Grylls. Think about everything that he does in his show. Now think about the cameraman. The cameraman's carrying a 20 pound over the shoulder camera doing all the same thing he's doing, but with a camera <laughs> on his shoulder, right? And then like, I'm thinking to myself, what makes that guy want to do what he does, right? Sure. And it's because he's telling a story. He's helping convey like a story and he's, he's, he's doing something that he loves. He's creating, right? And for me, that's what it is. I love, I love, you know, I love people's stories and I love being able to convey them and, and maybe something that is as simple and as mundane as like a, a machine shop could be as, wow, like as amazing as, as maybe a dirty job show. You know what I mean? Like that's the stuff that I like. And so what makes me get up in the morning and say, I'm going to deal with this client, you know, who all they want to do is make changes to maybe a trifle that is never really going to catch on or, or if I'm doing a video for someone that you know, it's really bad in front of the camera and like I'm just racking my brain. I'm doing it because that's all the type of stuff that allows me to do the things that I actually like to do. Because those are, those are the things that take me to the people that I like. You know what I mean? Those are the doors that, those are the people that open doors to other people that, hey, I didn't know this, this machine shop was here. I didn't know like all these different individuals and all these different characters worked in one single shop. Right. These are the people that keep the lights on at night. Like that's the type of stuff that I love. Like stories like that, things that people don't think about that are in plain sight that people never question. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think that's the stuff that, that kind of keeps me going and, and, and you know, is the why because those stories are always gonna be there. But you just have to have that one person to tell it. I'm I'm not there yet. I'm not at the point where I can just say, Hey, I'm gonna go tell the story or I wanna do this or I wanna do that. But I have seen and I've had and I have experienced in my business where I've been able to tell stories and that have made me feel like man that was awesome like I really enjoyed doing that and because of that that's that's why I like waking up in the morning because I know that every other you know job that I take eventually I'm going to get one of those white whales and I'm like this is awesome you know what I mean? <laughs> that's what I like everybody's waiting for the whale client yeah yeah everyone's <laughs> waiting for that white whale client and um Ah, yeah, I don't know. So we're coming to the end of the show here, and this is one of my favorite questions that I like to ask. Um, if you could give your younger self or any business owner in the RGV some words of advice, um, what would they be? Raise your prices. <laughs> Raise them. Um, okay, so the advice that I would give myself, uh, and. I, I do my best to follow 
um, to follow. Uh, I think wisdom doesn't come from like, like I think a lot of people think that wisdom comes from like you making like your own mistakes and all that, right? And it's sure. true. It's true. It, it does build that. To a degree. Yeah. But I think that like really good wisdom, it, it, it doesn't come from that. I think it comes from you being able to take advice from others, right? And you being able to like take, take a look around your environment and say, what did this person do wrong, right? What did that person do wrong? What can I do different, right? And then I would tell myself, try to be wise like that. Don't, you know, don't sit down and, and say, okay, I'm gonna make all the mistakes in the world and then get better. You know, try and avoid that because you can look around you and there are people that made way more mistakes than you have. And if you can learn from that, that's, that's golden. Um, the other thing that I would tell myself is raise your prices. Raise your prices because it's always better I mean, depending on what type of industry you're in, but for me, my industry, it's always better to have less jobs that pay more than more jobs that pay less. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, and uh, and you can do that if you're if you're really good, you know, if you're really good at your craft. Uh, I was really good at what I was doing, but I was I was charging way little. You'd be surprised how much money people have. <laughs> and you just not know, like, like just because just because you're eating ramen noodles doesn't mean everyone else is eating ramen noodles. Right on. And that's something I had to learn. I can't agree more. Yeah, and I'm still learning that. But uh, if I if I would have started earlier, I think I would have been, I would, I don't want to say better off, but I think I would have been wiser. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you heard it here, guys. Burge Media. If you guys want to get in touch with Josh, you can find him at. Uh, you could find me on Facebook. Uh, or pretty much any of the social sites, just type in the URL, like facebook.com forward slash Birdie Media Group, or you can find me on my website. Uh, we blog every once in a while. Uh, it's birdiemediagroup.com. You heard it, guys. That's it. See you guys later. Small Business Big Dreams is brought to you by Grindstone Coworking, the RGV's first shared office community for mobile workers and small businesses. And there you have it, folks. You've listened to another episode of Small Business Big Dreams in the RGV. To hear more stories from local business owners of the Rio Grande Valley and see what it takes to run your own business, tune in to our next episode of Small Business Big Dreams. I am your host, Angel Melgosa, signing off. If you want more podcasts like Angel's, follow us on all social media at LaunchRGV. Leave questions or comments. We'd love to hear from you.